And if you don't like it, we'll edit it. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> we usually had had some small talk on there at the beginning of this thing. I guess we did. I forgot. Yeah, we we, we, we skipped that part. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the other one sixty-seven. Garrett Leo here with Pastor Ben Pierce. Uh, I just told Ben kind of buckle up. The beginning of this ride might be a little bit turbulent. Just you know, <laughs> rest easy and know we we lock your tray table and make sure you're buckled up and know we have an edit That's button. Right. It'll That's be right. okay. <laughs> so, really humiliating story from my week. I've done probably the most southern. I've gotten I've gotten caught doing the most southern Baptist thing I think I've ever gotten oh. caught in. So we Detail. talked <laughs> we talked on the first episode that sometimes uh, God can be a little bit of a smart aleck to me in the way He makes right. His points. We talked on the second episode that I might want to work on my language a little bit. I think we established from that yeah. one that maybe that, I think most people could have figured out from that. I, that might have been a problem area. Well, I've tried to work on it, but not as well as apparently God wants me to, because he pointed out yesterday to me that I needed to work a little harder on it, and here's how he did it. Of my 167, uh-huh. we probably, it's probably kind of like college football. We tend to focus on the top 25. Right. It might be called 167. Right. This one comes right out of 166 and 167 okay. every week. So. The weeks I'm at football, or the, ga- the days I'm at football, not my best behavior. No, That's yeah. not my best. I'll just be honest. I get fired up about it for, for them, and it, <laughs> you do kind of get things going a little bit. And honestly, you kind of justify it because it's the culture everybody else is doing. Even the kids yeah, are a, a little bit. And, yeah. you know, well, I didn't know this, but one of our coaches is a preacher. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, there you well, I've been cussing up one side and down the other with one preacher on Saturday afternoons. I've been doing my podcast with <laughs> yeah. the other one on Tuesdays, oh, 48 wait. hours later. <laughs> Very humiliating, but I do yeah. have to say this. I wouldn't be Southern Baptist if I didn't say this. The head coach cusses more than me, and he was really embarrassed more than I was. Right. So at least it wasn't that bad. <laughs> But yeah, God oh, kind of owned me on that one a little bit and said, "No, I got spies everywhere on you. You're gonna have to straighten up all 167. Right. You don't get your little this, five hour reprieve and all that stuff. It's all 167." So that was my humiliation of the week. Uh, and then my <laughs> other one was this morning. I texted you and asked you where this first was, and it was literally from the last chapter I read to my kids. Right. Friday night, I think it was. So. Hey man, sometimes I struggle to remember where something's at too. Uh, getting here, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I'd sat down and I said, "Oh, I went and ate, ate lunch and." I set my keys down. I said, oh, no, I got to go. I can't find my keys. So, look, man, uh, it is one of those things that, uh, like my wife said, why is your halo so straight? (laughs) Hey, I'm no spiritual Superman. I mean, look, sometimes I can't even find my keys. And sometimes I struggle just like everybody else, man, that, golly, uh, life's hard, life's hectic. And, man, sometimes you just... You know, uh, I caught myself a little while ago. We were doing filming a po- uh, not a podcast. We were filming some. Um, uh, we do little three minute video type things for tick. I don't know all the other <laughs> social media. I've got some young people around me, and they put me out there, and I don't know. So anyway, I, I was just sitting there, and before we got started, man, I, I just had a pity party, and I just and before and he said, well, let's do a sound check, and I said, well, I need to confess and say I'm sorry for being a whiny honey, for uh, you know just being so busy and running here, running there, and oh, got film this and do this, and so yeah, I mean, look, we all struggle, and I think it's one of. I think one is is staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, I think therein lies the the key to it is I, we're going to fail. We're going to fail miserably, but I don't. I think it's one of we're never going to be sinless. But as a Christ follower, we should sin less. Mm-hmm. And when we sin, hopefully the Holy Spirit is saying, "What are you doing? 
Yeah. You know, and I caught myself whining to a bunch of people that I was like, they can't do nothing to fix it. So yeah. why are you, why are you whining? Yeah. And why you, you know, uh, and so I think it's one of understanding that that's, that's so key to having a fresh walk with the Lord though, is making sure that Lord, just as soon, Lord, break my heart. As soon as, as soon as I sin, Lord help that feeling of, oh man, what am I doing? I want that feeling. Yeah, that's... And it's one of, I think that one shows spiritual growth of, okay, you're more sensitive to it now and then on top of that all right let's get rid of it yeah well i think it's um well, there'll be an effort tomorrow at practice and thursday at practice and <laughs> saturday in the game uh in fact i might volunteer for pregame prayer on saturday yeah, i got some making go. up to do that but, was uh, uh, that was for me uh, <laughs> coaching was 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 pretty difficult for for me as well because right. there were times you just wanted to say something i mm. remember i i threw down my clipboard because i was just so frustrated didn't say anything but i threw my clipboard down and my dad called me he was he was watching the game and he called me he said what you throw your clipboard down for boy <laughs> and i said dad i called this play and they ran the exact opposite he said okay well he had coached too and he said i get it he said just remember who you are and i said oh my goodness man come on dad but he was right you know yeah it's one of at times you're gonna be you gotta be you gotta let the kids know hey yeah. we gotta have better effort we gotta do this and that's a, that's a difficult challenge yeah. and uh it's a challenge being a chaplain uh on a high school football team because yeah. whoo I, mm-hmm. I hear some things on <laughs> I hear some things on Friday night. I gotta I go home and clean my ears out. But I do. I am thankful. Uh, the the team that I'm a chaplain for, the coach is very much. He will holler, and if he hears somebody say something, he will he will just say one particular word. He'll say language and point, and them boys know. Mm-hmm. I don't need to quit that mess, yeah. and that's good. But still, it's part of the football game. It's part of the I'm gonna get in there and yeah. knock your head off. And yeah. yeah, sometimes we we say some things we probably shouldn't. Yeah, it, it happens a little bit. I think, um, <laughs> but I will say that it, it's. I make fun of myself, and I know I said I don't want to turn this into the make fun of or learn from Garrett's no, mistakes no, show. No. I think making fun of me and living and using me as the pinata once in a while. I think that kind of needs to be like like jazz on Fresh Prince getting thrown out. Maybe yeah. once every four or five episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's it, all right. It, it stays good. Who's saying? But, it's uh, every episode. Yeah, we don't need to be all the time. But yeah, I mess up quite a bit, and uh, you know I'll own them when I do it. And but I will say that it's it's that guilt we talked about in the hmm. first show. I think that the the longer. The closer I get to God, and the more I chase God, the less I feel what you might call his guilt, and it's more reassuring to me that you know he's just not letting me stray as far this time as he has before, mm-hmm. or maybe it's not he has before. But I, when you tell God that I want you to take control of my life, whether mm-hmm. I want it or not, and give you my free will, you better make sure you mean that because he will do it if you oh, truly yeah. mean it. Well, and if that means he's going to send, yeah, if he's going to sneak a preacher onto the coaching team, you know, for for football, then that's what he's going to do. But he's not going to let you get too far offline. Yep. That's reassuring to me. It just it, it's okay, good. That, that's yeah, I'm not perfect. I think we knew that though already, and I'm glad you're pointing them out to me so I can work on them. Yep. And you know, and I think there is, and I think. I don't know that I can uh, put put my finger on it, but I think there's a fine line between conviction and guilt. Con- conviction is that man, I, I man, I really messed up here. I need to go make it right with someone, and it, it to me it happens soon after, and, and even it, sometimes it can be the Holy Spirit convicts us of sins from way back when we had forgotten about. But I think guilt, and that's that's the thing that I don't know that the Holy Spirit never br- it really brings guilt upon us. That's more what the enemy does, and I think there's a difference between conviction and guilt. Guilt is that carrying. Uh, hurts even though you have confessed them. 
Uh, even though you have repented, even though you have made it right, we still carry guilt from 25, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And that's we're not designed to carry that guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why, again, I, I believe uh, when, when, when First Peter says, cast all your cares on him, I believe part of those cares are our worries, our concerns. Yes, our burdens, our hurt, our guilt. Don't man, don't carry that guilt. You don't have to walk in guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look if you if you did something you hadn't made it right or what something else. Okay, there's a difference there, and I think oftentimes we we keep bringing it back up. When conviction turns into guilt, right. what would could you point to any common root causes for that? That, that what 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 do we do? What can we do better to keep that from happening? Well, I think. Um, I think what I would probably say is uh, I'd probably go to a passage like uh, Romans 8 and looking at Romans 8, 1 that says, uh, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, so if I've come to Christ, I've confessed my sins, I've repented from my sins, and he says there's no condemnation. Well, you got to stop and think about that. That word condemn is uh, it's a, it's a judgment word or a courtroom word, and basically, it's basically saying God, the sovereign judge, hit the gavel and said, not guilty. But we, in our, again, twisted mind, want to pick it back up and carry that guilt yeah. as if we're guilty. Yeah. And again, sometimes it might be we hurt somebody so bad or we did something so dreadful that you know we can't even forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think therein lies. One is forgive yourself. If, if God can forgive you, you can forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is, if you've made it right with the person you hurt, then, then walk in the freedom of Romans 8.1. And I think we have to remind ourselves, no, because the enemy loves to do that. The enemy loves to bring back past dumb mistakes, past sins. He loves to bring that back, especially 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and say, you ain't no count. Yeah. Look, 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 look at what you did and then bring up 15 years ago, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Well, no. And that's why we need to say now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You go on in Romans 8 and it, says, it talks about neither height nor depth nor uh, anything will separate us from the love of God. I, I really believe, you know, e- each week it's funny. We Philippians 4, we've talked about Matthew 6. These are some of the more uh, popular verses or chapters. But Romans chapter 8 is right up there probably one of the best chapters in the Bible when you really stop and think about who you are in Christ Jesus. Um, that uh, one, no condemnation. You get to verse 14 and 15, you've been adopted, and we, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You get to Romans 8, 28, and it talks about uh, all, the, all the bad things we go through. God works them out together for good, and nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, it is amazing when you look at it. So just holding on to Romans 8, 1 is enough to say, all right, I don't have to walk in guilt. I don't have to walk in uh, past failures. No, they've been forgiven as much as, uh, and I think therein lies, sometimes we as humans, it's hard for us to forgive others or forget somebody's hurt us. Well, you know, if God can do it, we we can do it as well. Mm -hmm. If you are in a situation, if someone finds themselves feeling guilty about something that they've already confessed to God. Right. I mean, if I've confessed it to God and I've truly repented from it, and I'm still remembering it. Is there any way that God's bringing that back up later, or is that definitely? Can you, I? Can usually, I? Usually, well, I, I would say more than likely, no. He's not going to bring that back up, especially 
Because, uh, look, the Bible says that uh, he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's bringing them back up and saying, back in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, the enemy will do that. Now, sometimes the, that what might happen is uh, the Lord may recall something like that and, you know, th- did we make it right? Yeah. I know there have been times that uh, the Lord has shown, shown me some things from the past that, you know what, I needed to go find that person, even though it might have been four or five months ago, and say, listen, we were in a meeting, and this happened, and I said this, and I am so sorry. I said it in a snarky way. I said it in an unwholesome way, Ephesians 4.29, and uh, I need to make that right. And and oftentimes a person is kind of like, mm, I'm I didn't take it that way. I'm not hurt. I'm not anything. Well, and I always say, well, the Lord was showing me this, and so I want to make it right. And uh, Or if somebody comes to me and says, man, I, I acted in a way towards you that I shouldn't have, and I didn't think anything of it or I hadn't been dwelling on it, I just say, well, I'm, I thank you for listening to the Lord, but me and you were good. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I think I think sometimes the Lord may do that just to make sure that hey, if you go to that person and made it right, because look, it's one thing to confess your sins, but it's another to go to the person that you sinned against and say, man, I I really that's I need hard. to ask your yeah. forgiveness. That's that's the hard part because yeah. you know we can between us and God, you know, it's not like having to go right to Him. We do through prayer, but it's it's not the same as sitting yeah. down face to face. Yeah, it's really not. And um, but you're right. That sometimes can be the really challenging thing is is, is having to do the face to face with that person. Ooh, and, what you talking and, about? And yeah, I, I definitely could see him bringing it back up as a you know what I know we thought we were over, but for whatever reason they might have brought it back up. Maybe they were over it. And now they need some. They they, they need some type of other. It, it can be that. Whatever, but, but but as far <laughs> as the conviction and the. Uh, carrying that unwanted guilt or the guilt that, uh, no, I don't think that's the Lord bringing that back up. Well, it's I usually think us or the enemy. And, and you know, it's the enemy's pretty daggone good at uh, bringing you right to the fine line of where you can think it's God. But I can, there's a fine line between guilt and seeking what God is at. If, if God's put something in your heart and you're seeking to find out why is this that you're bringing this up to me, right. that's not the same feeling that you get with guilt. That's so right. if you're feeling guilt, I think that's probably... Yeah. For either either you didn't really repent it. I think right. that's that's something. Or devil's trying to mess with you. If right. you're truly trying to seek God God and saying, Okay, why am I feeling this way? So, yeah. you know, give me clarity on it, then that's probably not guilt and that's probably okay. You know, you're probably on the right path. That's right. Um I can see that. And that, I guess, kind of sets us up all right for what we texted about this week. Uh, okay. So I, I, I'm trying to remember what did we actually had quite a few. Okay, so I got to tell you, <laughs> when I texted you the last one on that Thursday, was Friday or, or Thursday or Friday, Friday yeah. yeah, man, I was in the middle of everything. So you like, said, I, "Hey, man, that's a big, back. big one." I'll get yeah. back to you. You didn't get back to me. I don't think till yesterday yes, or Sunday night. It was. It was a cha- listen. This weekend was crazy. It was crazy. You said you had like two or three funerals. Back well, back it's homecoming. I got a funeral tomorrow. I had one last week. Uh, it's just been one of. Um, and then uh, I had to go down to Western Hornet. Uh, my niece was on the homecoming court. We had homecoming for Fuquay High School that we do the pregame meal for. Saturday, Renee wanted to, I mean, it was just one thing after the other that for me to even sit down and put together a sermon, that, that was, if I pounded out a sermon, it was a miracle. So I, I was like, I'll get with you, just hold tight. But yesterday I finally had a chance to say, okay, this is a great question. Yeah. So, well, it's funny because when I sent it, I mean, I'm just, I just send you brain, I just brain yeah. stuff. I told you, you, you told me to send you what I think well, of, what I thought yeah. of. But when you got back to me, I'd forgotten what you were talking about. <laughs> you said, sorry, I'm just now getting back to you. I thought about what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But it was one of them. And I, oftentimes, I'm pretty good at answering texts. I try to make sure I don't, yeah, you, you know, are. I'm going to try to answer it that day because if I don't, I'll forget it. Yeah. And so I always try to stay up. And I knew that one, I left it unread because I was yeah. like, all right, let me get, make sure I've gotten all these checked out because it's been a week. And um, But it, it was a great question of, um, and I'll let you, you phrase it the way you did, but I, I was intrigued by it because I was like, wow, okay. So we, you're making a decision, and I want to make sure I'm understanding. Uh, when you make a decision, uh, how do you know which one to go with? And I'll, I, I'll let you, you, yeah, you word I, it, and I'll, I'll tell you how I answered it. I mean, I think that there's... Just the way the Bible is constructed, really, with the combination of parables and, and different things, there are, there are different ways. And we were kind of talking about this before we hit record. That, yeah. You know, there are situations you can be in where you can interpret a verse or a chapter or a story from the Bible as being, I've got two choices, A and B. I don't care what they are. Right. But this verse tells me that choice A is godly, and this verse might suggest that choice B is godly. And how do I make that decision? And the way I worded it to you the other day um, was, how safe is it to apply Occam's razor to that? The simplest explanation tends to be the right one. Right. And what's cool about that sort of is that that in and of itself tees us up for a contradiction to, to debate that. Right. You've got, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got the, and I don't know the exact verse here, but I know that the Bible refers to the, the devil as the ultimate deceiver, that the, he's right. the, 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 the deceptive one. So I tend to think that the more dis, the more complicated a situation is, the, let me let me rephrase that. The further I've got to go on that limb to say that my the Bible justifies choice right. B, the more right. likely it is that it's choice A right. because that's a complicated thing the devil's trying to. But at the same time, you know, Lord works in mysterious ways too. So maybe that's not the right answer. So how safe can that? You yeah. know, can we can we say to say the simplest explanation is the right one? And I already know the answer, and I love the answer, so I want to sit back and listen to you because I, I, well, I love where I'm you sitting, ended up I'm landing. Sitting, I'm sitting here thinking about, man, I might change my answer now <laughs> I've heard that question. I, no, I think it's one of, I think, hearing the question in person instead of through a text, a couple of questions that I, that I would have is, you know, when we have to make decisions, sometimes it's not always uh, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's best and good or mm-hmm. good and better. Yep. And I think one of the things that we always have to remind ourselves, if we're going to walk with the Lord, the other 167, if you will, <laughs> one of the things we've got to remember is, okay, what is it that we're shooting for? What's our aim? What's our purpose? And if our purpose is to always make much of Christ or to live for him, then as I make these decisions, then my, my decision needs to be, okay, as I look at this, it doesn't always have to be what's best for me. That's hard, but what what is it that's going to give God the most glory? What is it that's most pleasing to him? And then, you know, one of the things that came in when you and I were talking earlier was, okay, so if we got two verses and we're looking at it, well, there's there's some rules that go along with that of, you know, we always want to, there's always going to be a passage that I can, I can about justify anything if I want to. Mm-hmm. If I twist and do enough gymnastics with the words, I can about <laughs> justify any any action I want to do for the most part. At the same time, you take the whole, you take the simple passages, and you help to interpret those that are so, so crazy or so that are out there. Because you know, listen, I'll be the first day. Man, I don't understand everything in there. There's some things I come away with. I'm not exactly sure what Christ is saying there, but here's what I do know: he, the the parables give us the flexibility to apply it to many different areas of our lives, and and all of the different. Uh, Symbolisms, and I'm not great with all these words, so I don't know what they are. But all the imagery and stuff in the Bible does a, a good job of allowing. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, 
art tends to be this way, whether it's music or paintings mm-hmm. or whatever. There's, they're always open to interpretation. There's a song that I have been listening to a lot lately that I don't relate to any of it. There right. is not a single thing that I relate to in that song right now in my life, but it's a good jam that's on right. the, a soundtrack that I've heard a lot of. And there is one line in the chorus that I love. I right. think, it, and it, but but it's a song that's talking about relationships, like ninety percent of all songs are. But I hear that one verse, the the chorus of the song that I like reminds me of God in the way it, uh, the, in the way I kind of see our our pursuit of Him and trying to control our lives and how it can mess things up when you try to control things that you shouldn't control. Um, so you can take anything and and apply an interpretation to it that right. you can if you get you know deep enough in your analogies. So yeah, you're right. You can turn and twist, and I love that phrase. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one. Do enough gymnastics yeah. with the words. There you, go. You, you can make it anything. But you can also make it the wrong thing in a hurry if you are overcomplicating that. And you can convince yourself you're right, you know, yes. and that, that this is exactly what God's telling yes. you. And it will feel so right to you because you're, you're, you're trusting you and not him. If he, if he ever lets you know you're wrong, oh boy, you'll find out in a hurry you, do, you got it wrong. <laughs> and I think it's one of, I, I always like to say when I'm studying God's word is, okay, the way I look at it is there's one meaning but numerous applications. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't think that God means X, Y, and Z or three different things from one text. One meaning, as you interpret it and read it and try to understand what's happening in the original languages if you have to, but, but one meaning, but many applications. I mean, there are so many applications. You and I have uh, discussed uh, Matthew six thirty three to a point of, yeah, that's that can mean this. It's it's the, I apply it to here. I apply it to this. I apply it. it. It applies to so many ways. But but still, the meaning is one: seek after the Lord. Yep. Number one, that's the meaning. Yep. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. All the rest will be added unto you. So all the application is, okay, then I don't need to worry. I need to make sure that I'm seeking him, those things. So the one meaning, many applications. And I think it's also, and we discussed this, that that parables are, are, man, they're great. They're they're earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. But but I don't think it is, um, I think we would be doing ourselves an injustice if we, um, if we really go to town on those parables that, okay, this is, it's always this way. Yeah. Jesus was just giving us an example of the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Well, does that really mean, I mean, it's those things of we have to be careful, but the meaning that's behind there is, okay, God can take something so small, so insignificant, but yet multiply it for many different things in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't mean that, okay, I'm not a small or I'm not, uh, I'm not incident. It doesn't mean that God can't use other things. It's just yeah. saying that God can take some of the things we didn't think and do something mighty with it. So, yeah, be careful with your parables. Read them, love them, understand them, interpret them, apply them. But yeah, but as far as applying them to theology and doctrine, we got to be kind of careful there. Would you say that Matthew six thirty three would be one of those basic fundamental verses that you would use to say? You, know, you said some are, are are maybe a little tricky, and some are very straightforward and simple. Six thirty three to me seems pretty simple. Seek seek first his kingdom. Yeah. So if you've got two verses, you know, I can I'll use another example here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say. Take a uh, take a relationship situation like a marriage or something like that, okay. where uh, maybe it's an abusive marriage or a, an unhealthy marriage, or maybe there's an infidelity involved or something like that. And you can be in a situation there where you can find biblical justification to stay, you can find biblical justification to leave. 
Right. And that can be a really, really tough one. And a lot of people that are in that situation in particular, man, that's right. a, that, that really difficult. You, you want to be forgiving. Right. Uh, you know, if, if, if a marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, husband and wife, then, man, should, should it ever dissolve? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, there are people who would argue never. Man, mm-hmm. That's Christ in the church. At the same time, Jesus, Jesus in uh, several passages talks about a, a clause, if you will, or an uh, exit clause, if you will. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hardness of heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but at the same time, I don't believe, hey, look, our marriages are worth fighting for. But then again, you got you got times when you've got abusive situations and things like that. No, God, God ain't telling you to stay in mess like that. Right, yeah. and and those can be the ones that are really really tough to apply the different verses because you can convince yourself both ways yep. fully and be right. Yep, and both can be right. Yeah. But the way you answered in the text the other day was the simplest way. If you've right. got two rights. You just are looking for the one that's going to provide, it's going to bring the most glory to God. Right. Yes, this will bring glory. This will bring more. Right. And then, and that actually, I, I literally just thought of this, so heaven help us. This may yeah, not go anywhere, Will. Here we go. Hold on. <laughs> but it, it circled me back to something that you said a couple of weeks ago about prayer that uh, I don't think this was on the episode we talked so much about prayer. I think this was a follow-up where you said you need to go after, you need to ask him for the big things. Right. And look for the big thing. Yeah, yeah. I or, think, or, what, what is it that you're praying for that only he can do? That, 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 yeah, that part. What, what, what are you looking for that only he can do? And, and pray for those things. Because, see, I think the mistake that I've made a lot, mm-hmm. a whole lot in these, t- these situations, is that I apply these two things and I say, which is God telling me that I should do? Which of these things does God want for my life? What is God telling me to do for my life? Me, 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 me. <laughs> okay. It ain't about that. Right. You need to say, God, what do you want me to do with all of it? Yeah. That'll figure itself out in the in the wash, so to speak, I guess. Right. But if you're seeking him, I think things tend to get simpler and simpler the more you, you seek him. And, you know, I, I think that um, sometimes we try to, we go to God. I said this before, I'd gone to God to fix my life. I'd never given him that. I think we do that with decisions sometimes. And it's just really, it's hard for us to uh, to remove ourselves from it and truly seek him first. You see, Kim, first, the worry and the anxiety and the overanalyzing and all these other things right. we've talked about tend to fade a little bit. It's what I've experienced. From I get it. I get it. And at, at the same time, I mean, we can see why Gideon is a Gideon. Mm-hmm. And I got to put a fleece out. And then then what cracks me up is, okay, God, I'm putting the fleece out. And if it's dry in the morning and the grass is around it wet, then I know you're with me. Yep. And it is. Then the next morning, okay, God, if the fleece is wet and the grass is dry around it, no, the opposite, mm-hmm. then, then I know you're with me. Well, he just told you he was with you. Yeah. And, and if you look at uh, Judges, that's Judges 6, 7, 8, that, that ball, ballpark right in there, he tells Gideon, I am with you. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> well, let me put a fleece out. Yeah. And I think it's one of, that's that's the human in us. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that, no, we're not called to put out a fleece every time. I'm not saying that. But I'm thankful that God is patient with us. Mm-hmm. He understands that, man, we, we, we struggle. And so, yeah, he's patient enough with a Gideon that he, even though he told him, Gideon, I am with you. He even called Gideon a brave warrior, which... I don't know, putting out a fleece and everything else is the most brave thing, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's one of, I think God understands that our our struggles and our nailing down, okay, being being so confident, because let's be honest, it is at times when you step out in faith, yeah, it can be uh, it can be a little worrisome or it can be a little fearful. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I've experienced lately has been when I've been in a situation like that, maybe where it was something I was trying to figure out or something I was trying to decide or analyze, 
God finds a way of just distracting me with something that's like, hey, why don't you do this right. instead? Like, this is a really good thing that you know will be good for me. Right. If you do that, I'll work on that in a minute. Yeah. And and then what happens is I go do what he told me to do, and I forget about the thing yeah. that he was going to work on. That, that, that in its way is, um, you know, because oftentimes we have to make a decision. And the how's it going to play out? Is this the right decision? That kind of thing. And that's what we talked. Uh, we mentioned it uh, last week. Waiting on the Lord, mm-hmm. because waiting on the Lord is not sitting twiddling your thumbs. It's not lazy. No, it, waiting on the Lord is all right. Lord, I've made that decision, and I know what you've said. So I'm going to wait for you to fulfill it, and therefore I'm going to start serving here. I'm going to be, and I'm not just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. No, I'm I'm praying. I'm seeking. I'm serving. I'm whatever the case may be, and and you're trusting the Lord that, hey, all right, Lord, I'm going to wait, meaning you got this whenever it's your time and you're ready. I don't think that this is any type of a fundamental truth at all. I think it's just something I've experienced from my life with it, but um, I feel like for me lately, if I'm overanalyzing something or thinking about something too much or worry about something, that's sort of God's way of of letting me know I've got a little bit of spare space in my brain that he could he could have if I yeah. wanted to give it to him. Yeah. It's like, if you got time to think about this, can you find something to do for me in that time? And you know what? You look around hard enough, it's kind of like sitting around your house and you're trying to, what can I do? There's always something to clean. Yeah. There's always something you can pick up. <laughs> At least at my house. I'm sorry. In my house, there's usually a lot to clean. I think, I think, I think there is some biblical uh, uh, principle behind that, though. Um, as I listened to it, I was just thinking, uh, the Lord just brought to my mind. I mean, you think of uh, Mary and Martha. Uh, and Mary and Martha were, uh, this is John 13, uh, t- frame there, and uh, that Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus is headed to the cross. Jesus always traveled with 12 disciples, and lo and behold, they show up at Mary and Martha's. Well, Martha is running around like a chicken with her head cut off because, golly, you got to cook for 13 men. I guarantee you they're hungry. And you got a brother. So that's 14 men (laughs) and a sister. And the the Bible says there that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha goes in there and basically gives Jesus a a fit. Hey, tell tell my sister Mm -hmm. to get up off her backside and help me. And Jesus didn't. Jesus said, Martha, you're so worried about so many things. She's doing the one thing. And I love how one, the version does say the one thing that, mm-hmm. that matters. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that we need to remind ourselves is that one thing, seek ye first the kingdom of righteousness, that one thing, John, John 13, as we look at it there with, um, or John 12 and 13 with, with Mary and Martha is, is seeking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just holding on to that, that even after we make the decision, all right, Lord, I want to keep my heart near you. Mm-hmm. I've really felt um, <laughs> the other day I was thinking about something and I knew I did, it was something I didn't need to think about. It was one of those things like I, I, I knew that God was practically telling me this is a waste of your time to think about this. Why are you thinking about this? <laughs> and I was like, okay, look, I'm going to give it five minutes and then I'll move on to something. And it didn't. It went 45 minutes. And I had to t- go back to the end and say, ah, you were right. I, w- I shouldn't have ever started. <laughs> Other things to think about than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> But I don't know, to an extent, that is, I think there is a lot of truth. If you, if you are, okay, let's roll this one out for a second. If I said this, how, how, how wild would this be? If you have room for your life for this sin, then that means you've got room for a little bit more God. Mm-hmm. Whatever that sin is. It could be worrying, it could be anxiety, it could be, it could be cussing for all we're talking about, I guess. But if you've got room for sin, you've got more room for God. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair 
Well, I think so. And what I would say there is uh, I would back that up with Colossians chapter 3. And uh, Colossians chapter 3, I always uh, kind of introduce it when I teach it is, um, all right, you get dressed in the morning. You got to put off your pajamas or your sleeping pajamas or gym shorts or whatever. You got to put that off and you got to put on whatever you're going to wear today. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so in, in our spiritual walk, you got to put off some things. And you put on some things. Mm-hmm. So, so when Paul tells us to put that off, yeah, he's saying get rid of that. But, but never do you just leave it empty. You, you put something in its place. Mm-hmm. So, so in there he says, listen, uh, yeah, for just for instance, I'll just read some of it. Uh, da, 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 da. But now uh, put them all aside. Put off anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And since you laid aside the old self, that's again putting it off. And then he says, so now put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So yeah, bearing with one another in love. I mean, it's all Colossians 3, and you're looking at about verses 5 through 14, 15 there. And so, yeah, I think your whole, I think that's exactly what we're getting at there is anytime that uh, you're walking with the Spirit and you're putting off that nonsense, well, well, Paul says, now put on this. And so, yeah, that's getting rid of that and putting this in your life. Well, and that actually kind of, and I said, I didn't know if we wanted to go down this road today or not, but it does kind of actually go back to what we were talking about from Matthew 12 (laughs) when we first got here. And the, um, you know, when, I think it's verse 43. Okay, yeah. When you, I'm paraphrasing the heck out of it as always, but you take one thing (laughs) out, you you get rid of one evil spirit, and it's going to come back later with seven of its friends that are worse than it ever dreamed of being. And that's a tricky one, and that's a deep one. But it covers it there simpler. It's not enough to remove the evil. You do need to replace the evil with the good. And I think the seeking good, this is is the way I would put it, and and this is a broad application. You can apply this a lot of ways. It is more important to seek good than to avoid evil. Mm-hmm. I think you. I think it might be. You might think of it as being the exact same thing, but you need to be seeking God probably more than you're trying to avoid your sins. It's yeah. easier to seek God than it is to not sin. Yeah. And I think. I think. And again, Matthew 12 is one of those that uh, man, you can interpret you in many different ways. ways. But yeah. I think. I think one the way I would stick with Matthew 12:43 through 45 is look, evil when it's unattended to and it's unrestrained multiplies. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the easy way to interpret that. But I think also. If you look at Matthew 12, he's, he's confronting the Pharisees, as usual, and, um, and, and they are more of a self-help, self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the picture there is, if we're trying to do this on our own accord, that, okay, today I'm going um, to work on not saying uh, <laughs> bad words, or I'm going to work on not losing my cool. <laughs> that that may work for a while, mm-hmm. but but unless we have, and I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. Unless it's a change of heart, unless we've been changed from the inside out, yeah, it might do it for a while. But most of the time, that habit's going to come back. I'll give I you, don't think self improvement is our best plan of attack. That's a great point, and I'll give you a real real time example here of how I'll take that from what you just said there. I said earlier I will be making an effort to watch my language and mm. practice the next couple of nights. Okay, well, that just com- I completely said that the wrong way, and I'll correct myself now. I'm going to make a very conscious effort to pray a lot more during right. practice the next few weeks. Well, and <laughs> because I think, I just think a too. few more times that I can yeah. sneak in a quick word to God is going to help me not do it as well, much. Well, and I think, I think this all goes back to, you know, the thing of it is, is oftentimes we're looking at the fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Jesus was more concerned about the root. Mm-hmm. And we're, we see the fruit being, okay, oops, bad words, oops, bad, I uh, mm-hmm. lose my cool, uh, the fruit of that. Well, 
Jesus is more concerned about the fruit because it's from the fruit mm-hmm. that that root that that fruit comes from. Right. And so that root is our heart, and and that's where again when we hear passages that is from the heart that the mouth speaks. Okay. So it's not I got a language problem. I got a heart problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do I handle a heart problem other than I take it to the one who can fix my heart? Yeah. And and I think therein lies because that's why you know when you read passages like. Philippians, uh, uh, Colossians 3, put off and put on. Okay, uh, we understand. But he also gets to the point of you got to put off your old self. Mm-hmm. And then you got to put on the new self. And the new self is walking by the Spirit. The new self is a new heart, new life. I'm a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, I think it's one of, and it always goes back to, if we make Christianity about us trying harder, man, we, we've missed it because it's not that. Well, and I'll tell you the one that, with my, again, using my uh, sword from football as an example here, the the problem with it isn't that I made a jerk of myself in front of the preacher. I do that every week. It's cool. <laughs> the problem is that I, I've had three months of an opportunity to demonstrate Christ-like qualities to these kids that I have wasted. Yeah. And that makes me feel like that. that that's <laughs> just, that's that makes when me it hurts. Feel bad. When, when you, you know? realize that, that you're like, man, and I think that's where, again, that's when you take it to the Lord, Lord, alright, man, I, I really messed up, but Lord, I want to, the rest of the season, I want to make sure that I'm doing this. It's playoffs. The rest of the season yeah. might be three more days. I don't know. It might I, be too late right. now. We're going to try like heck this week, though. Yeah, I, that's right. I'm excited. But, but it is one of, okay, so now you've got a different purpose and a new mentality for next year. Yeah. Of, yeah, we're going to go out there and play to win. I'm not going out there just to kill time. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, all right, I, there's, a, there's more of a better purpose of football. Yeah. And one is I get a chance to impact these kids' lives, not just teaching them a great game, yeah. but more importantly, I'm hoping they'll see Christ. And again, it doesn't mean that I'm shoving Christ down their throat every time that uh, every play or every practice, but it is talk- one yeah. of, of, of demonstrating it. And then at the end, I think that's uh, Sunday. We're going to be in First uh, Peter chapter 3. And we're going to be in verses 13 through 16, 17, depending on how far we get. But, but verse 15 talks about setting apart Christ as your Lord. And then when people ask you, what, what is this hope you have? Then you give an answer with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's the way it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Is we're, not, uh, we're not prosecuting attorneys trying to win a trial. Right. No, we, we are witnesses. Yeah. And, and if we can be witnesses, how we visibly a witness, but verbally as a witness, that, that's the key. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that I'm, it's really for deeper reasons than even I'd probably even bother getting in on the show, but I think that I'm, I'm taking the football thing a lot more seriously right now, especially as we get deeper and deeper into the season and it's getting yeah. the game to get oh, it's more playoffs, weight on it. man. It's where money it is. Money. I can't That's wait right. to see how much y'all get paid out. Yeah, I know, man. I think it's going to be big. <laughs> um, but I was um, – that's – I think it's sad, maybe, and I feel bad about it, that it, it took me to this point in the season for it to occur to me that I should have been doing that all along too, But that because that's so obvious. Like, right, right. Well, it's not but always. But, again, it's not trying to go out there and preach to the kids. It's not that. It's no. just that – there's a Christian. There's a way to live your life that's Christ-like, and there's a way to live it that's not. And I gotta admit that those six, seven hours a week, I haven't been doing a good job right. of it. Like, I'm doing a better job of it than I would have a year ago, but it ain't anywhere close to where it needs to be. And but, it's but that that's the beauty of growth. That's the beauty of <laughs> the improvement is the that Lord. I notice it now from a year yeah. ago. A year ago, I'd have been doing it and not even noticed it, you know. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, that's not okay. Well, being being aware. <laughs> oh man, I just thought of way back to my childhood, GI Joe, knowing it's after battle. But uh, but I know being aware of the situation, and then I think it also once you once you begin like, uh, hey, look, I mean, I know it's important to you. It's important to me when I was a coach. But but pee wee football, midget football, junior football. Okay, it's important. 
But now I began to think about, all right, not only is it football for kids, it's my work, it's my life, it's my, all right, now I've got a whole mentality of every area of my life. And that's, again, right to the one other 167. I think that's the one that makes me feel the worst about it is that it was probably the one area of my life that I wasn't doing that. I've been trying to do that in a lot of areas. Right. It was I saw something on Instagram the other day, and I don't, I don't, I'm not here to debate this, but somebody was knocking Halloween and said, for Christians, Halloween's like having a one-night stand with the devil. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't participate in it. All right, well, okay, maybe I was maybe looking at football practices like my little vacation. Yeah, for little, yeah, five, okay. That was five hours hiatus. a week. I could kind of, you know, I'm doing a lot of good stuff yeah. over here in these other 150-ish. So, so it's 100, other 165. Yeah, 160 <laughs> maybe if you include practice. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm doing a lot more good over here now. You got a little grace here. You won't mind this, will you? Yeah, yeah, he will. <laughs> He's not going to allow. But it's, um, yeah, it's. I think what I've, the last week or so, we we won our playoff game last week, and the kids right. seeing their reaction to it, I didn't know how much it meant to them. When yeah. I saw how they reacted to it, oh, it yeah, was like man. I hadn't been putting in a whole lot of effort in, into coaching and stuff like that. And I thought when we need to try for these kids, we need to give them the best chance that we can to to give to to have a chance to win and have that. And yeah, it is it is youth football, but to them, it's a Super Bowl game. That's right, playing, you know? exactly. But at the same time, I missed the mark on that all season long. You could have had an opportunity to show them what is more important and you can, it's subtle i'm not i'm not, again not preaching but no. you can act that way or you can act the wrong way and Listen, I, you know I, i'm the same way and uh and again it goes back to what we talked about with guilt mm-hmm. uh, i carry uh quite quite a bit of guilt but i know it's not a guilt that's okay i'm burdened by it or anything else but man i look back to for me man i had a great opportunity in high school mm-hmm and I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be this, that, and the other. Anything but being a disciple of Christ. And I missed a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, because really, when you, if you stop and think about it, you never have more uh, opportunity to influence, influence as many people probably as you did in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah. with the same group of people and a oh, bunch of people mm-hmm. all, every day, all day, versus, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might have a pretty good little influence now but not like you did in high school so yeah. and i missed it and so okay now now i want to tell our <laughs> high schooler and our youth around here that don't miss this man you've got a great opportunity live, live for the lord but be be the light on the on the dark campus be the salt that we're called to be yeah one thing that i never really understood very well for a long long time was the whole the, the witnessing side of of your walk with god i know mm-hmm. that you i guess in an early age I guess I kind of had this thought of like if you go if you live your entire life and you don't help one person find God right then what was your purpose yeah like what, and, but then at the same time I'm thinking how in the heck am I ever going to help somebody find God there ain't no way I'm going to be able to do that I'm not a preacher and I never will be and like I, yeah. I don't I mean I'll try <laughs> if I get the opportunity um yeah. but I think when you when you're um and I, I, that still may end up being the case. I hope at the end of the day, I at least lead the, bring three people to Christ and my right. three kids. But aside from that, I mean, I may not ever bring one. But at the same time, I do. The more you seek God, the more opportunities you have to talk about Him in different situations you would not have been thinking about. And it's not an awkward thing that when you bring it up, you feel like you're you're. It, it's one of those things you almost feel like the person's trying to talk about it, and they're just trying to. Do, and sometimes you do it without knowing that you did it. Right. You. But the focus needs to be on that and. The chips fall where they fall, yeah. but you're 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 seeking God, and well, people can hopefully, and they need to be able to see that in you. And and, and it's the yeah. lifestyle too. I mean, if you're living it, 
Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, um, and, and I've always said this, and I mean it with all, all, all my heart, is you're going to talk about what's important to you. Mm-hmm. You talk about what you love. Yeah. Uh, no matter who you are, if you love Carolina football, okay, you're going to talk about it. If you love uh, sports, if you love art, if you love music, if you love Taylor Swift, I don't know what you Everybody. love, yeah. but you're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And okay, so if I love the Lord, it almost becomes, it ain't a necessarily I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a conversation. And it should be one of, again, going back to First Peter 3, we do it with gentleness and respect. Oftentimes they may ask us, mm-hmm. how is it that you have a hope right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at it. The world ain't too full of hope right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the uh, Middle East, with Ukraine, with uh, there's enough that I can name about 10 items on the news right now. And we'd all sit here and just kind of feel like, what a, yeah. what a sad situation we're in. But you know what? I got a living hope. That's yeah. what First Peter says. And so if I've got a living hope and it's showing, I bet oftentimes you'll get a chance to share. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just a kind word. Sometimes it's just, hey, uh, invite to church or invite to, you know, whatever the case may be. Or it might be just a, I, I love it when someone says something, you know, out of the blue. And mm-hmm. kind of like when, when you ask a question and I can say, well, that's kind of Colossians 3. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, the Bible says something about that. Because yeah. oftentimes if you'll listen, you'll be able to find a way that the Bible applies to whatever they're dealing with. It's just how you bring it up how you talk about it. But there's so many ways to do it that it doesn't have to be a shove it down your throat. It doesn't have to be in your face. Just be a, 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 and again, that comes with practice. Yeah. Well, and those opportunities where people bring God up to you, uh, and, and these may not necessarily be non-believers. They can be other believers. Just when the more you, the more you demonstrate God as a part of your life, the more mm-hmm. people are going to talk to you about it, the more you're going to talk about it, all that kind of stuff. But when people start bringing it up to you, those are little blessings throughout your week that really you wouldn't have had otherwise they didn't because those are opportunities to talk about God that, again, I've said before, it shouldn't be the goal, but one of the right. convenient side effects of following Christ is that you end up having a lot more blessed life. You just get mm-hmm. a lot of more good. And those are blessings. These conversations with you, these texts back and forth, texts with friends, other people throughout the week, these each and every one of them are just little. Yeah. It's just it's just another opportunity for God to remind me. It's just another second or two or 15 of the 167 hours, you know, and it's just, you appreciate them. Yeah. And you know what? Saving people or all that's not even really your purpose. It's just seeking God, your purpose. And then sometimes that stuff happens as almost collateral damage, maybe for lack of a better word. Seeking God and making much of him. Yeah. And, and that's going to be, I mean, you just leave. And I think, too, man, we, we make it all about the the uh, winning part. Mm-hmm. Oh, i got to win somebody to Christ. Yeah. That's not what he calls you to do. He, he calls us to go and make disciples, and he calls us to be witnesses. Witnesses don't have to win the case. Yeah. That's the prosecutor. Yeah. That's that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All we got to do is just testify what Christ has done. Yeah. And so that, that, that took a lot of pressure off me that, mm-hmm. okay, it's no longer about me because as soon as I hear winning, my sports break brain kicks yeah. on of, okay, now I'm competitive. Yeah. Mm, how about just, I get to share Christ. With, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. Man, mm-hmm. it ain't God good mm-hmm. if, so, if they got something or something they were blessed in a way that, man, God sure has been good, hasn't he? I mean, there's just little things. Yeah. It, there's been a bunch of that, and it's, um, I was telling you before the show, and I'm not going to get on a tangent on it because it would be the rest of the show, but um, I, I didn't even necessarily know if I wanted to do the coaching thing this year. It was like, I don't know. I could easily turn into that dad. That, that hyper-competitive <laughs> yeah. dad that I don't uh, want to be. Um, yeah. But it's kind of interesting because on Saturday I kind of realized that I had become that really, and 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 I and it was okay with me because I realized that 
those dads that do that, I don't think they're doing it because they're trying to live out their dreams through their right. kids. I think it's just they want to make sure their kids get to enjoy the same cool things that happened yeah. when they were there and they're passionate well, no about it. Nobody seeing. likes going out there and getting your brain No, crushed. no. I mean, you want to win some. Yeah. But I've had a chance to see the the team develop and my kid in particular develop in a lot of different ways. And it's been such a, a positive thing that I don't need to get into. But again, from something that I didn't really think I wanted to do, and it's cool to see how God kind of takes that and says, see, that was a good yeah. idea. Aren't you, yeah. <laughs> well, didn't that work out you know, better than you thought it would? So um, it's cool to see that, how yeah. you take that leap of faith and he rewards it. If you're willing to take that leap, he's he's always going to reward it. And and therein goes back to walking and seeking. Uh, when you're walking with the Lord, seeking the Lord, uh, it is amazing that just as something, whether it's uh, you know coaching a a, a football team mm-hmm. uh, or you know what, whatever the case may be, God God can just open up doors and opportunities that you really were like, wow, look at there. Yeah. And you find blessings in some of the most unique and some of the most uh, unusual places. Mm-hmm. I even find the find his criticism of me as a blessing. Yeah. I appreciate him pointing the things sure. out to me and embarrassing me in front of the coach for all that. Because I said on that one show, sometimes he has to punish us because it has to be memorable. You have to remember. Yeah, yeah the preacher being on the staff the whole time kind of <laughs> did make it worse. That's right. <laughs> I won't forget yeah. that now. That's great. But well, what's bad is when you say, well, you're a preacher. Yeah, that, that's when uh, hopefully he didn't have to say that. And, and if he's got any cost, listen, I've had that happen, whether it's on the golf course or on, even on the yeah. football team. Oh, you're a preacher. Yeah. And, uh, and they'll, they'll begin apologizing to me. And I always tell them, I'm not the one keeping score, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but let me tell you who he is. Yeah. That's great. But hey, man, yeah. I've heard it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, football's a, like I said, got to be careful on that one because that's just kind of a, it's a cultural thing. But I will tell you, if, I, if it comes down to it, I just won't speak if I have to. If I have to be quiet to keep it uh, keep it quiet, then I just won't speak until I uh, trust my mouth. A little one one of my favorite coaches, and I love him, it, when I was a chaplain for uh, Hornet Central, he was a great coach. And uh, one of the football players, um, it, it was after the season, he pulled me aside and he said, uh, he said, man, I, I need to tell you this. He said, I love having you around. I said, oh, really? Why is that? He said, Coach, don't cuss as much when you're around. <laughs> and, and then he told me, he said, uh, one game I wasn't there, I couldn't make it. And it was a team they should have crushed, and they were losing at halftime or tied. And uh, he, he he pulled me aside, and he said, man, I wish you'd have been there at halftime. <laughs> he said, Coach was trying to cuss so hard, the words just wouldn't even come out. He was so mad. So, yeah, I, football can do that to you. So, you might need to get a chaplain on your team. Man, yeah. Uh, now you got well, one. Well, we have one. Yeah, I don't cuss as much. It. <laughs> oh, oh man. Goodness, man. You you mentioned and I think I, I know we only got just a few minutes left. You mentioned one of the most uh, and I thought maybe maybe bring this up. Uh you mentioned I'm gonna see if you remember it. Uh one of the most misinterpreted verses of the Bible. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, Philippians thought, I thought that might be cool. Is, uh, exactly I forgot that was on. from this week. That's yeah. how much we've been, I think. <laughs> yeah, you texted me a lot. That was like these questions. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I thought, man, that'd be a great discussion. Yeah. You're right. Go ahead if you want to phrase it or I can phrase it. Yeah, so Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or depending on how you inter- take the interpretation. Mm-hmm. I remember my first exposure to that verse was Evander Holyfield, boxer. Right, uh, right. And, and I remember seeing him in a fight, and he had it on his, his uh, robe or whatever. 
And it's one of the gold. I mean, it's in the Hall of Fame of verses. It's probably one of the Mount Rushmore verses, maybe oh, yeah. most it's popular. On, it's on jerseys. It's on yeah. Everybody takes that to mean I can move mountains with Christ guiding me. Mm-hmm. You read the rest of that of the, or of I can the be surrounding, or I can be a Super Bowl champion, or I can be a, insert this there wherever. Yeah. If you read the rest of that that passage, that ain't what it's saying at yeah, all. No. It's not even close. What it's saying is. It's about endurance more right. than moving mountains. It's about I context. Can, right. That's and, right. And I'm, I'm not, that's all I'm going to say about it. I want to hear more yeah. from you on that. But no, no, that you, was where it came. You, I thought, and I like the way you you, uh, you you asked it. Yeah. Philippians 4.13 has got to be the most misinterpreted <laughs> Bible verse of all time. And I said, you are I correct. said, I got a hot take for yeah. you today. Is, this, no, is it the most interpreted? You're 100% correct. <laughs> I, I agree because, hey, I've seen ball teams take it as their mantra. And, again, I have no problem with, hey, I, I like it. I can do all things through Christ, but I don't think that's what he's getting at in that text. That text has to do with contentment. That text has to do with suffering and still being content. And that text also has to do with the entire book of Philippians is unity for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to honor others above myself. And, and so it's not so much about making much of myself, again, as much as it is being humble, walking with the Lord. And so, yeah, I, I don't take it to be that, okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to go sign a contract tomorrow morning with the commanders and win the Super Bowl. That's right. I don't see that happening. Yeah. At the same time, I'm not uh, underestimating hard work. Van Holyfield trained and put in and was a good boxer. He won the, won, the, won the belt. Okay. But at the same time, that verse does not mean, all right, I'm going to take it to be my life verse that I can now do everything and anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's one of knowing what it means to be content. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, so, it's so fascinating to see how that 37 years old never occurred to me to look at it that way. But you know what? Read the rest of the book. <laughs> it's there, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, Read and the rest of the chapter. Here's the but, saying: There's some rules when you have uh, when you study the scriptures, and, and one of the one of the ones is if if you take a text without context, you got nothing but a pretext. And that pretext is, oh, I can do anything I want to now because Philippians 4.13. Well, look at the context. And when you look at everything that's around that verse, that's what helps us to interpret it. Because as I said, I can pick and choose a verse in here, pick it right out of the blue and say, "Hmm, it's okay for me to go and do X. Always look at the entire context. And there's a saying, the whole counsel of God's word. I want to look at the whole picture. Not just what Leviticus says about it. Well, what does Philippians and Colossians? And is there more to this thing as we build a uh, a, a whole model of how we yeah. live? Well, one of the cool things about the scriptures, when you and, and you know Matthew six twenty four through thirty or twenty five through thirty four today again, I, I that's probably <laughs> my original favorite passage from the Bible. Yeah. Read it a bunch that's of a times, lot of yeah. but. Verse 33 in particular has never stood out for me until this morning. I'm reading through that this morning, and as I'm going through it, it's like, that's the most obvious verse. But you know what? That's the most obvious verse to me today, because that's what God wants me to see today. And and I think that's the thing is, and that's the beautiful thing about one, his word, and his spirit, Yeah, is that today that verse means a lot, and it will be. Mm -hmm. Put into memory, because it's an important verse. But hey, next week, it'll be a different passage. It'll be something more exciting. That's why when the Bible says this, it's living and active, mm-hmm. and it's sharper near two edges sword, it helps us to see that, hey, God wrote this, and it's just as applicable today as it was the day it was penned. I, I want to say this. I don't think it's been said on the show. This is a very personal thing, but for someone who is as complicated-minded as I always have been and is, is over-analytical and all this kind of stuff, 
being close to God always seemed like a really hard thing to be right. able to do. It just seemed like that. I don't know how people do it. It seems like a really, really hard thing. It is. It's one of the easiest things in the world. You open the book up, and there is more information there than you could ever possibly digest. Yep. I mean, okay. So can I read the book entire all the way through in my lifetime? Yeah, yeah I, sure. I, I could. I should, and I'm working yeah. on it. Could I read through it ten times? Sure, I could. Have you read through it? Probably fifty. I don't know how many times you've read know, through it, but, it's but few, I guess you're never going to figure it all out. No, it's a it's a bottomless well of you're constantly wisdom, growing, right? You're <laughs> so, constantly growing, and you're constantly seeing new things. And and you can't do those things and not find God. Like I really don't think if your if your heart's in the right place, and I'm not there. You are. You, I mean, you can sit down and read the Bible and pray and go to church and not have your heart in the right place and not find it. But yeah. if you're looking for God yeah. and you you read the Bible, you go to church, you pray, you Virtual church, whatever. By the way, y'all's audio wasn't very good. I know. <laughs> I know. I've got to talk to my man. I missed it, and I need to see if I can get his original version. I had a fourth person that's talking. Can, can y'all email? A, can I get a copy of it uncut? Because it sounded like a great sermon, I'll, and I missed it. I'll, I'll, I'll see if he can put it out there. I'll have to look and see. I really hated that I missed but it. But it was. There were so many good things that I, I, I don't know wanted to catch. I got about halfway through it, and I made sure it wasn't my phone, and then I was oh, like, yeah, it's not I was receiving texts while sure, preaching I'm from sure. my son, basically saying, uh, hey, audio's we got this. Yeah. I was going to see if they had an, uh, one that was actually all the way through with audio, because I'd love we'll, to hear we'll, it. But. We'll talk to our AV guy. But you, let, me, let me sum up what, what you just said. Uh, Asa is a great king in, in, in uh, Judah, and uh, God comes to him and says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Mm-hmm. He tells James, draw near to me. And I'll draw near to you. That's the key. You're as close to God as you want to be. It's just whether you want to be. And let me ask you this, and this one's one that I might dust off a very, very deep analogy because there's only three minutes left. I can't right, go too far right. on this. But to me, yeah, I'm going to try to do this. I can't promise I'm going to get through it. The, to me, the hard thing in surrender, I said in the first episode something about I had gone to God to fix my life, but I'd never gone to him to basically give him my life. Oh, wow. And I said on that yeah. show that I said, you know, it's my life is yours, God. You can take it from me tomorrow for all I care. That's not total surrender to me. Mm-hmm. Total, take my life, eh, okay. I mean, I'm not that worried about dying. Right. Um, I would feel bad for my kids in right. that situation, sure. but I'm not that worried. Ultimate surrender to me is my kids are yours. Do with them what yeah, you want. There you go. Now. Letting go of what really matters. That's hard. That's the hardest thing. You got it. So. But that's where you find him. Yeah. You've got to be willing to do it. You've got to be willing to take the worst possible scenario you can think of yeah. and say, if that's God's will, yeah. can I seek it? Is that, you don't seem to, the look on your face doesn't. No, no. I think it's one of, I, I love it because, yes, you're, you're right where I've been wrestling with some of those things. But it also is one of that the Lord really taught me a whole bunch of things. Um, through a couple of ways, and this might be something we pick up next week because we are getting towards the end. But I think it's one of, I think we fool ourselves into thinking that we we can um, run our children's lives better than he can. That's his, that, and, because when I thought that, I thought, isn't yeah. that ironic that that's the thing I'm afraid oh, to give up? Th- it should yeah. be the thing that I should give him first yeah. because he's in, they're in much better hands with him. Yeah. I was not going to go on a mission trip one time to uh, Sri Lanka after the tsunami because I, I needed to stay and look after my family. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a mentor of mine who said, God can't look after your family without you, Hoss. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think you've uh, grossly overestimated your worth. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you don't have to be so ugly about it. <laughs> But, but it was, and that's exactly what I'd done. I, somehow or another, I had thought to myself, well, God, you can't take care of my kids without me. I've got to be here for them. 
Well, I think he's got it under control and he can do it. And so, yeah, when, when I heard that, okay, I can't trust God to even go two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, my, and, and he even said, he said, look around, man. You've got family. You've got a church family. There's going to be people who take care of your wife and kids while you're gone. Don't worry about it. And, and it doesn't mean that that means that you've got to be totally okay with the fact that he could take your kids from you tomorrow and you would have to just love it. Right. No. Yeah. But, but you do have to remember that he loves you and just because he's asking for you to, to off surrender. To, it doesn't mean that that's going to happen. No. It doesn't mean it won't. Well, it, we it all, just means and, that and you again, have to trust Think about will. how we view, view God. Right. Is he some ogre that just wants us to just hate life and just suffer? There is suffering, yes, but he's not some ogre who just wants to cause us grief and agony. Right. He's a loving father, yeah. so trust him. And if you're worried about, can I endure what he wants uh, us to get through, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ. <laughs> you got it. There you go. Sum it up. All right, brother. We're, we're about to turn red light on here, it looks like. Go. So, hey, always Appreciate pleasure, man. Thank you. Hey, man. i got to figure out what, what's the term we're going to use. I don't know if we had one, man. Oh, we'll, we'll find one. I don't ever know it. I don't ever know it until I hear it back. <laughs> so, we'll see. But there'll be something. But, yeah, uh, there always is yeah, something. That's it's, good stuff, man. Yeah. I love it. Always enjoy it, man. Thanks for taking the time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thanks for hanging in there after the intro. I wasn't sure if I was going to stick it out there. <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah, all right. We did it, man. All right. Let me